Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Tuesday, March 21st. This is The Gateway. I'm Eric Schmidt. There's been a flurry of legislative action in Jefferson City this year surrounding transgender people in Missouri. And throughout all of last night, the Missouri Senate debated legislation that targets transgender minors in the state. Most of that time was eaten up by a filibuster from Democrats before the Senate recessed early this morning. Senators came back after a few hours and gave first-round approval for the legislation. It includes a bill that bars transgender minors from accessing gender-affirming health care, and another that stops transgender athletes up through the collegiate level from participating in sports that align with their gender identity. Senator Tracy McCreary spoke against the bill early on in debate. I wish that we would just respect medical providers and their teams and parents and, of course, the kids that that are here in our state to work together as a team to decide what is best for their health care. Both bills do have an expiration date on some of the provisions. The bills have to go through another vote in the Senate before moving on to the House. Meanwhile, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey is issuing emergency regulations designed to keep medical providers from offering gender-affirming care to transgender youth unless the providers meet stringent state requirements. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports. Bailey says hormone therapy, surgery, and other treatments are, quote, experimental and fall under laws governing deceptive business practices. The emergency regulations will require that providers tell patients about what the attorney general's office says are health risks of gender-affirming care. They'll also prohibit providers from administering care on those with untreated mental health problems. The emergency rules also require providers to screen for autism before providing treatment. Bailey says the regulations are necessary because an increasing number of kids are seeking gender care. Once put in place, the emergency regulations will last for 180 days or 30 legislative days, whichever is longer. The Republican attorney general has launched an investigation into the St. Louis clinic that offers care to transgender minors. I'm Sarah Fentum, St. Louis Public Radio. Newly elected Missouri Democratic Party chairman Russ Carnahan is hoping to reverse his party's electoral woes next year. Carnahan is a former congressman and state lawmaker who is succeeding St. Louis recorder of deeds Michael Butler as chairman. He's hoping to boost the party's fundraising abilities and outreach efforts in rural Missouri. Carnahan says Missouri Democrats have the message to prevail in elections, but they need money and better organization to deliver it to potential voters. I believe there's really value in having a stronger Democratic Party uh, in in these debates and, and for progress in our state. Missouri Democrats haven't had a successful election cycle since 2012, the last time the party won the U.S. Senate and governor's races. The Missouri Department of Agriculture is hoping increased limits on a loan program to help combat inflation will help new people get into farming. The Beginner Farmer Loan Program allows local vendors to receive federally tax-exempt interest on loans made to beginning farmers. 
The amount available to loan to a new farmer increased by 7% to more than $600,000. Jacob Stair is a loan officer for the department. He says the program could be the difference for someone being able to start out in agriculture. On a 30-year loan, you know, the savings of, of up to a couple percent on, on their interest rate, I mean, that, that presents real savings to that producer. Stair says there are no limits on the number of loans that can be granted to qualified borrowers. St. Louis County is implementing a school identification and location system that's designed to create faster response times for all first responders to any school for any type of emergency. St. Louis Public Radio's Brittany Cordera has more. The new identification system uses color-coordinated numbers and arrows on the interior and exterior of school buildings. These codes provide clearer directions for first responders when entering a school during emergency situations. Highcroft Ridge Elementary is the first school to implement this project. Paul Tandy is the emergency management officer at Parkway School District. So when we're explaining where something is, we're not going to say, oh, they're in the senior wing, because nobody knows, except for the people in the school, what that means. Now it'll be the red wing or the blue wing. Teachers are surprised by how big the numbers are in classrooms now, but think the new system makes the building easier to navigate. I'm Brittany Cordera, St. Louis Public Radio. Here are some of the other stories St. Louis Public Radio News is following today and later this week. St. Louis voters will decide on April 4th whether to create a charter commission on city government. If approved, St. Louis's most fundamental document would get a comprehensive review every decade. It would create a nine-member charter commission that would meet and take public input before drafting potential amendments to present to voters. Those members would be nominated by the mayor and approved by the full board, and the commission would have a year to complete its work. The last charter commission convened in 1949. The federal government wants to do more testing for possible contamination from nuclear radiation at a popular hiking spot in North St. Louis County. The trails at Fort Bellefontaine Park run along Coldwater Creek and are owned by the county. The creek and its watershed were contaminated by toxic waste from the development of atomic weapons in the 1940s and 50s. The Post-Dispatch reports the Division of the Army Corps of Engineers that's responsible for the cleanup asked the St. Louis County Council for permission to start testing and cleanup at the park. The council may consider that request at their meeting today. A new exhibit at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum in Springfield will have a strong local connection. Opening Thursday, it features a variety of Metro East figures, including Tina Turner, the indigenous people who built Cahokia Mounds, and surveyor Don Alonzo Spaulding. Fort Leonard Wood is looking to comply with Pentagon directives to convert all non-tactical vehicles to electric vehicles within 10 years. The problem most bases are facing is the cost of charging stations in light of the possibility of technology changing quickly. Fort Leonard Wood is trying a solution by contracting with a local utility to be in charge of charging. And the next episode of our Politically Speaking podcast will feature an in-depth conversation with Annie Rice. The outgoing St. Louis Alderwoman talks about her time in office and where she thinks the city and the Board of Aldermen are heading. You can learn more about those stories in the coming days on air, online at stlpr.org, or right here on The Gateway. 
The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Eric Schmid. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.